Hi, welcome Ratna to Dhruva News Conversations. And uh, I would really, it's really inspirational to have someone like you on my platform today because a lot of people don't know about wildlife conservation and they really don't know that uh, there is a first woman naturalist of India. Like people are totally unaware. So how was the journey? How did, uh, did it all begin? Thank you for having me, Mary. It's really a pleasure and an honor. So thank you for that. And um, as far as people not being aware, I, I don't think it's really a big thing because there wasn't a professional training school in India before to be a wildlife safari guide. And it was only set up and then I was from the first batch. So it's, it's kind of by default that, you know, I'm the first professional uh, wildlife guide training school, or as we call them in India, naturalists. Uh, I happen to be the only, you know, lady passing out of there. So it was, I mean, I didn't work towards it. So it's just a small, um, it doesn't really matter now. It was so many years ago, but thank you. I'd forgotten. Um, how did I come to be? I've always liked the jungles. I, I love animals. So I sort of gravitated towards this profession when I heard about it. I wouldn't say that I always wanted to be in this profession because I wasn't aware that there was a profession as such, people who were naturalists or, or wildlife guides. Um, you know, you, they just hung around and learned on the job. And then after several years, they started to guide. And it wasn't really seen as a career option or a career choice that was serious or even organized so because um, uh, and all my friends and cousins and family they knew that how much I like animals and how much I like being in the jungle so when this opportunity came up with this company setting up India's first professional wildlife guiding school I applied and here I am that was in 2006 so we're sitting in 2021 now we're sitting in, in the lockdown period, almost so one and a half year, I could say. So what are the current projects that you're working on with the forest department? What is the right thing that you're doing right now? So, um, see, for conservation, I feel, I, I feel that people who, the communities that live around the jungles, so it's a two-part thing, you know, wildlife tourism, is here and I, and I think tourism will grow. And so I think it's best that it be sustainable. So we are not, we are not harming and taking more just for the sake of tourism. We are not ending up harming our natural resources. And secondly, the idea is to involve communities that live around the jungle to benefit from the jungle because they are the ones that are primarily um, affected, you know, their uh, family members, they get attacked or sometimes killed by predators in the jungle, their livestock get killed or injured, uh, animals will come out from the jungle and raid crops. So there is, you know, they are the ones who bear the maximum brunt of this conflict. Now, if they see the jungles as a lucrative uh, source of income, as something that is sustaining them and their families, then we've got a real partnership going. So that's a project that uh, the forest department in MP is working on to include more and more people um, 
as wildlife guides or or in the tourism in various aspects of tourism where i come in is in in the past uh, several years i've been working with various forest departments in the country wherein i train guides for them so be it guides drivers so generally people who work you know frontline in terms of guiding and in driving for the park so that's what i've been doing in the past few years so how does a conservation and sustainability go hand in hand like we have a lot of development the cities are also encroaching the forest area so that is also important because as the population grows obviously there is going to be some amount of development so how do we like keep a balance actually thankfully in india the wildlife areas are in violet especially the tiger reserves uh there are pretty strict laws that beyond a point you know they they will be untouched so we are very fortunate in that and the very fact that with the crushing population that india has the second largest in the world we still have so much of diversity and so much wildlife left um so that's something to give thanks for but at the same time uh the laws are quite strict in protecting the jungle how sustainability works is um i don't know if the jungles can grow because you know the our population is so much and everyone has needs so i don't know if in time the jungle cover can grow that is a utopian uh, it's just a utopian idea and i hope it happens but if it doesn't um everything that happens around these jungles has to be we've got to be very mindful about it so even if building roads they they've got to leave passages for animals you know there are areas where we are building four lane five lane highways uh, they've got to be passages for animals so they um, you know their migration routes don't get cut off uh and when it comes down to tourism it's a sphere that i work in uh there are many aspects to keep in mind like you know even the tourism activities are they are they violating the space of uh, animals are they hampering you know is there is it very noisy is it creating a lot of garbage um is it is you know so things like that is it creating is is the tourism activity too much does it need to be scaled down so these are some of the things that um, help it and keep it sustainable that's what right. I, i hope i've answered your question it was a very long answer for a short question no it is perfect so what i would like to ask is how do you conserve the tiger reserves uh, do you think like uh, with tourism they are more protected than from the poachers and all how does it work see tourism plays a small part uh, but i'll have you know that in any tiger reserve um, the tourism area is just 20% so you still have an 80% of the jungle that has to be protected by the park management uh, what it does do what the tourism does do by employing local people and you know uh, getting some sort of an additional avenue of income because typically tiger reserves at least in central in india they're in in remote locations so other job opportunities are few other than agriculture when you when tourism creates additional income opportunities it always tends to create a certain goodwill and awareness 
that fine, you know, the jungles, we're earning from it. That's why the tourists are coming. And so there's a certain goodwill towards protecting the jungle. But again, I will say that tourism will be restricted only to 20%. There are still, so that 20%, yes, definitely has extra eyes and ears keeping a lookout um, on the animals. But the other 80%, uh, it's the government. Although they will have, you know, people who might, um, who will be sympathetic and inform if there's an incident of tiger straying out or suspicious activity, that does happen. Yeah, right. So how does uh, the work of a, uh, what is the exact work of a tracker? Like uh, you have been training the tribals as well to be trackers. So how, how does that work in tracking the wildlife? Tracking, uh, tracking is basically when you go out, um, I don't know if you've ever visited a tiger reserve or you've been on safari in India, but uh, when you take a vehicle, you say you're in a vehicle safari, you will always be accompanied by a guide who's also like a tracker. So the job of these guides is to, of course, guide you and find animals and track other animals. So they, they're going to be able to interpret the jungle for you. If there's an alarm call happening or if they are, the langur are calling, they, he will be able to, he or she will be able to you know, interpret that for you, that is it an alarm call? Is this animal screaming because it fears there's a predator around? Yeah. Or is this animal uh, uh, screaming because, you know, it's a normal a vocalization between a mother and a young one? Yeah. Or there, or, the, or a group of, say, a troop of langur, are they just... So, you know, or, or even if you hear bird calls you will there are some birds you know that it's an alarm call is there a raptor like a bird of prey around so they basically a tracker tracks animals and interprets the jungle for you and and those are the people i train we call them guides in india right. in in the park guides so yes that's the job of a tracker and to ensure that you're safe they understand animal behavior especially with large predators they will be able to, you know, sort of keep you safe. They understand uh, how the animal is feeling and act accordingly. So any memorable events you would like to share with us while, you know, on one of your jungle uh, trips or as a ranger, anything? So many, actually, so many. I think uh, I will not talk about animal sightings because a lot of people ask me about animal sightings. And uh, to be fair, I've had, over 15 years in the jungle, I would like to give a very funny story. Okay. You know, when we track animals, uh, especially the big predators, tiger, leopard, or even wild dogs, we go by alarm calls. So whenever uh, the deer or monkeys or even some of the birds, whenever they see a predator on the move, they will start to call a certain way and we call it an alarm call. So I was, with, I was guiding some guests, I was driving this four wheel drive and my guide or the tracker was with me and we kept following these calls, you know, we would hear these uh, spotted deer alarm calling and then we would say, okay, we are going to go there and wait. So we would go and wait. And then we could hear the calls are moving off. So we know that whatever animal was there is moved off. So the animals that are further ahead now, they are starting to alarm call. Mm -hmm. So we like sort of moved from here to there several kilometers. And finally at the last spot, 
we could hear really strong alarm calls, the langur, the monkeys were alarm calling and the spotted deer were alarm calling and we thought, okay, fine. No, you know, we might see a tiger or a leopard now anytime. But then the calls petered out and the monkeys were just relaxing. So, uh, you know, and then all was quiet. So there was, it was very anticlimactic because our hopes were built up. So the guy turns to me and very sadly says, he says, Madam, as the pura missed calls or I, we are only getting missed calls today. So I thought that was incredibly funny, you know, yeah. to use that term in a in the jungle. Right. So, I mean, yeah, they were just playing around with their emotions, all the animals there to <laughs> understand how we humans are. So yeah, that is really funny. Missed calls. Yeah, it was. Yes. Uh, so before we can wrap up, since tiger conservation is so close to your heart. What is the message you would like to give to the people uh, regarding tiger conservation and wildlife, like especially towards the tigers? This is something that I would like to, you know, to say to everyone, especially a lot of people want to know how can I conserve tigers and how can I help wildlife while I'm sitting in the city, you know, I don't live in the jungle. So we don't have to live in the jungle in order to conserve. Sitting wherever we might be, you can start conserving right away. So first up, plant a tree. If not, if not in your back, backyard or a garden, you can put a, a spotted plants in your balcony. If, if you don't have a balcony, you can put some small potted plants in your room or on your writing table. So green, you, you go as green as possible, plant as many green things as possible. It helps the environment and indirectly from afar, you will help the tiger. One big thing that we can do is consciously try to curb our plastic waste. Right. Uh, for children who have birthday parties, don't use plastic um, decorations don't use disposable stuff you can use regular plates and glasses and cutlery and uh, you can decorate with flowers and leaves like it was done in the olden days mm -hmm. uh, same when you have a picnic don't take uh, disposable stuff because it just lies there and the biggest service you can do to wildlife is when you travel to the jungle areas you know, on safari or to see uh, an area that is known for its natural beauty, the biggest service you can do is anything that you want to throw away, yeah, put it in a packet and take it back into the city with you. Because um, in the big cities, there are municipalities that, that can deal with it. But in the jungles, you know, people are still living very sustainable lives. They have mud homes and, you know, they don't consume so much plastic. We don't have a municipal corporation that is taking care of the waste. So it just builds up and builds up and builds up. So these are some of the things that people can do to help conservation of tigers. Well, that is very inspirational. And I would like to say thank you so much for being on my show today. Ratna, from your busy, hectic schedule, I wish you have a good evening. You too. Thank you so much, Mary. I really enjoyed this conversation. Thank you for having me. Thank you.